and that is why I am the biggest Star Wars fan. Great kid, but don't get cocky. Hi, and welcome to What Are You Talking About? I am the host, Jack, and joining me today are the other two cast members, Ruben and Ethan. How are you guys going? Good. Very well. How are you? Yeah, good. And so, what are we going to be talking about today? Um, well, we will jump into some news about what's coming up, what to look forward to in Star Wars. Before that, we'll um, have a little chat about what our favorite um, Star Wars canons are. We're also going to discuss... Uh, what we change about episodes 7 through 9, and then we're going to talk about what our favorite Star Wars experiences have been. Excellent. And before all that, we're going to ease right into the series and talk about what our favorite Star Wars character is. Um, who wants to start that off? Does anyone have one outstanding favorite character? I mean, there's a couple. Um, I'm a big fan of Kylo Ren. I think he's a fantastic bad guy mr wide up until a certain point um which we can talk about later but i think probably the standout character for me is ahsoka um there's a lot of material uh, to go on and we did I, I guess part of the reason that she comes immediately to mind is we did that was the latest thing that i watched was the final season of clone wars so um that's probably the character that's really standing out to me at the moment. Absolutely. Ethan? I, I pretty much agree with that. Ahsoka is my favourite character as well. I've just read the Thrawn books, so right now he's standing out as one of my favourite characters, but technically he's a bad guy, so you can't really have a bad guy as your favourite character. It's against the rules. Oh, not necessarily. Ahsoka is way cooler, so there you go. it's Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite is uh, Bubba Frick. Uh, he's just Please a tight little guy. <laughs> just, just go away. Uh, no, I, I, I don't know. It's it's interesting because um, it's it's not my favorite movie. It's probably one of my least favorite in the series. But there's something mystical about Qui-Gon. Oh, I just love him. Good shout. Yeah, mm. so I, I would have to put that crown on his... Top yeah, 10 underrated Star Wars characters. Absolutely. For sure. I feel like it's really easy to list off a bunch of really fantastic characters. The series is just packed with awesome characters. You've got, like, the original trilogy cast. You just cannot go past them. There's a reason that they took this tiny little film that was never meant to be anything and made it what it is. This is something that, you know, my mother went to see in cinemas as a teenager. And it just has, you know, this enduring legacy because those three were... So talented, but also incredibly charming. They just had like real charisma, and I don't know that there is another movie star like Harrison Ford. Mm. Like he's of a certain era that you just like. He's Harrison Ford for a reason, um, and that I don't think I don't think you, any that has been even close to rivaled from any of the characters. And I love the original trilogy, but they're not what I kind of grew up watching. And so I guess what kind of resonates with me a little bit more is some of the more recent stuff just kind of feels like it was uh, of my time, I guess, in, mm. in a different way. Absolutely. So you talked about Kylo Ren being one of your favorite characters mm. and he appealed to you. You have a thing that we've spoken about many times about how some villains don't deserve redemption. Mm. Um, you know, one of the biggest being the Velociraptors yes. in Jurassic Park slash yep. Jurassic World, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Is that part of your reasoning of, of up to a certain point you like? Kyra? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I. It's not that... I mean, obviously the 
murdering Han Solo thing is a reason that you could very easily argue that don't deserve redemption. And it's not so much the word deserve that I get caught up on. It's that it's, it's the necessity of it. Mm. It just feels like such a Hollywood trope to kind of create this amazing bad guy character that we love. And we love them because they're bad and because of lots of different reasons, the nuance, the performance, the cool outfits, you know, whatever it is, the reason that we love these bad guys. And it feels like this instinct that Hollywood has to be like, oh, this is a popular character. We have to make them lovable. And that's not the reason that we fell in love with them in the first place. And so doing a big kind of 180 on a bad guy tends to just really annoy me because it, as I think Kylo Ren is a fantastic example, can ruin a character when you give them a... Not even necessarily an undeserved redemption, but just an unnecessary redemption. Mm. Why can't bad guys just be bad? Mm. You know, we fall in love with them as bad guys. We can stay in love with them if they live on or die as bad guys without any redemption. And I think Kylo Ren, if he in the final movie had died as bad as he began, which is easy to argue that he was quite a complex kind of character and wasn't all bad from the beginning. And if they'd have just maintained that complexity and he'd have died a complex character, I think it would have served him a lot better all the way through. And I would, he would be right up there, but. But uh, I think as well for his character, I'm not sure if you feel the same, but for me, his character seemed like the exact, exact replication of Darth Vader doing the exact same thing towards the end of, of Darth Vader's life when he betrayed Palpatine. Kylo Ren did a, a very similar thing, which seems cliche in this that specific movie franchise, let alone mm-hmm. the entire of movies in general. Yeah, I, and and you know the the later trilogy has been accused of being basically carbon copies of mm. the original trilogy, and in some respects, you can you can see almost instant parallels between um, the final scenes of um, Rise of the Skywalker and Return of the Jedi. Yeah, um, but. The thing that cat like that I have to agree with Ruben in is that the progression of Kylo Ren's character from evil or dark side to light mm. is expedited. It's it's yes. rushed because yeah. of the way the three movies were handled. Um, whether you like agree that there should have been multiple directors or JJ should have just done all three, the fact that it was juggled and they would try like JJ tried to make up such a big amount of lost ground mm. in one movie mm. damaged the fact that, you know, Kylo was his all of his motivations were blurred. He was murky yeah. water in, in episode nine. I'd love to know what I'm 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 struggling to remember who the original director that was fired off of that final episode was. Um, but I would love to know what like Kathleen Kennedy and the like original team that had kind of pitched that story. I'd love to know where specifically the character of Kylo Ren was intended to go. Um, and you're looking for Rise of Skywalker. I forgot the name of someone who directs a movie. Director. Director. <laughs> okay. Oh, Colin, Colin Trevorrow. Trevorrow. Right. Um, uh, yeah, I'd love to know what his intention was, what Colin Trevorrow's intention was with the character of Kylo Ren. And if the whole team agreed, the production team, Kathleen Kennedy especially, um, and if that changed when JJ came along. Because um, it didn't feel like the progression in um, The Last Jedi versus Force Awakens, it did, that didn't feel janky in any way. It felt like a really 
a natural progression for that character. The real kind of change felt like in that final episode, it just felt like it all kind of, you're right, it was making up lost ground. And I wonder if that ground was lost in, um, in that middle section, if there was not the intention, if we were meant to see a bit more of a specific development for Kylo Ren towards the light side, and if that was ignored, or if it was never the intention for him to have a redemption, or at least not a redemption like that, um, and if so, why that was necessary, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Before we go any further, we should clarify um, our thoughts and feelings um, on the last trilogy. Right. So, Force Awakens, yes or no? Yes. Yeah, me too. Ethan? That was the first one, yeah. That was the second one. <laughs> Force Awakens was Force episode Awakens seven. Was, was episode okay, seven. yeah, yeah. No, episode seven. I did enjoy episode seven. Okay, great. It was a good recap of the like introducing the movies to new to the new audience that would have wouldn't have got the original trilogy mm. or the prequels. Yeah. I, thought. I think JJ did a really good job of um, just getting you in the feels of like this is Star Wars and it was really exciting. Mm, absolutely, it appealed to people who hadn't seen a new Star Wars movie in the cinemas for ten years, yeah. going in being like, "I can't wait." And people who are watching a Star Wars movie from for the very first time in the cinemas too. When yeah. it first came out, I loved it. The second time, I didn't like it as much. It's one of those two. It's either that or the reverse, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought like he, there was something that just didn't pull me in, and I was like, "This is only okay." The more I watch it, the more I'm like, oh no, this is this is a really good job. He did a really good job of episode seven. I think Star Wars is such a beloved franchise um, that it was it was a tough job that he had to mm. be like, okay, you've got what well, was the, the runtime two hours to um, satisfy every fan for the, from the last thirty years and also capture an entire new generation that isn't going to give you any kind of ground because it's, it's new to them. Mm. Um, and I know the criticisms were, we've seen this before. We've seen this twice before in this trilogy. Um, but I feel like, and I'd said this when we first watched it, that was a really almost necessary way to tell the story. Mm. Yes, it was the same thing over, but his real job was introducing a whole bunch of new characters and getting rid of one of every like one of the best characters ever created uh in a way that was going to accomplish that keep fans on side and engage a whole bunch of new fans mm. and serve a purpose too yeah you know and i think that i think that he did a very good job of that absolutely all right so the last jedi episode eight yes or no yes no no yeah i I don't know. It to me, the pacing is ridiculously slow, and not a lot happens. And the things that do happen seem unnecessary or unentertaining. I really didn't like that movie very much. Right. Um. Yeah, I, I know you really like it, so well, I don't. I don't want to like, like dump on it too hard. And there's I feel like the conversations that, like that we've it. had, I think, on this podcast and outside of this podcast, um, I like to defend that film because I think it's good and because people don't like it. And um, I have massive issues with that film. I have really massive issues with that film. Uh, I still think it's a great film. I still like it. Um, I don't revisit it. I don't think it's as rewatchable as Force Awakens. Um, And I think it's massively, massively flawed. But I also think it's... I, I just feel like people hate it. And I just don't understand that. 
I think um, the the problem for for me personally being someone who does not like episode eight one bit is not because of the movie. The movie isn't necessarily a poor movie. It's because it's sandwiched in between two movies that don't make sense being either side of that movie in a trilogy where they've had 10 years and millions and millions of dollars and basically anyone that they want to work on these projects at their fingertips and yet the the number 8 kind of ruined number 7 and then number 9 ruined number 8 which therefore make the whole trilogy less cohesive and, and enjoyable to watch. It's disjointed for sure. I, it's not necessarily I mean, because episode eight's a bad movie. For me, the reason why I don't like it is just because it doesn't fit with the trilogy. I think it would have been fine if episode nine didn't come along and then ruin what right. they did with episode eight in swapping up the race parents thing and everything because mm-hmm. then they kind of reversed that a bit. and then. Well, I definitely wanted to get into it a little bit more when I was going to talk about the episode, my opinions on episode nine. I feel like episode eight massively suffers because of episode nine. Mm. Um, and I agree with you that it doesn't work with the other two films. I think that if episode nine was a different film, episode eight would be a much better film. Yeah. Um, I, I do feel like if JJ or any other filmmaker looked at the two films they had and went, this is the story. Let's work with both of these films. I think episode nine would have been better. And I think both episode seven and eight would have been better. Um, yeah. And I mean, I could talk about the reasons why I like episode eight. Um, but if we want to talk about the reasons that I don't think I've shared this with you, Jack, the reasons that I don't like it, I think um, specifically the Finn and Rose story is completely unnecessary. Mm-hmm. There's just no point to it at all. It's just to um, add to diversity. I mean, problem that there's a slight problem with almost every certainly blockbuster film and lots of other films as well. They do require a level of suspension of disbelief. There's really no reason why anything happens. You have to have a plot. You have to move it along. And if you poke even your absolute favorite movies that you feel are perfect in your heart, if you poke at them too much, lots of things don't make sense. Mm. Lots of plot points don't make sense. So when it comes to a film like episode eight, which I enjoy massive plot issues, but I'm willing to overlook that. What is tough to overlook is um, a clear disdain for two characters, um, more than two characters. If we're honest, Phasma, he didn't particularly care about that character. Phasma was completely disrespected. I did read that novel as well. And in that novel, she is incredible. Mm. And like one of the best fighters in the galaxy kind of thing. But in the... Well, she just dies. Completely discarded in the film. Yeah. So I do have issues with the film. I think the story is really cool. I think the development of the characters that he did care about was excellent. I really liked the... um, The... Ray and um, Kylo Ren character development. I think that was fantastic. I think those characters were both served really well. Unfortunately, Ray's kind of the, her second, the second half of her quest is kind of like one or the other is pointless. Either what she's doing or what Finn and Rose are doing is pointless, and that mm. does make the whole film feel a little bit pointless. Mm. And that's really unfortunate. I love what. Um, was it Canto Bite? Is that the planet? Yeah. The casino planet. Mm. I love what that does for the universe, showing that there are, that it's bigger. Um, I think a big accusation of a lot of what Star Wars has done within the films and the extended canon universe uh, is the fact that everyone seems related to everyone. Mm. And it's meant to be an entire galaxy filled with trillions of life forms. And we only get to see one story mm. that is somehow constantly related to itself. 
Mm. Um, and I feel like Kanto Bite kind of went, oh, look, there's this whole world outside of the Skywalker. And I know we're very invested in that story, but there's a whole world that we have to explore. Let's explore it. But it just didn't work in that film. Absolutely. And, and the planet itself isn't to blame. I just feel like they the use of the planet was kind of wasted. You know, the stuff with like the horses, the space horses, whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. It was like it detracted from a movie that was already suffering from not being interesting. Mm-hmm. And so like for me, at least anyway. Um, so it was like, a, a, yeah, like a, a, a dead end road on a road trip that's already going bad. It was a very pointless diversion. Again, I like what it did for the universe. I would have loved to have, um, I feel like if Finn and Rose's story had a point, was of value. There's no real, it's not that there's no peril there, but just what they're doing is pointless. Absolutely. Uh, And if it wasn't, if it wasn't completely pointless, what they were doing, then that could really enhance the film. Um, But if you're going to keep it pointless, that's fine. Let's give Finn and Rose a story and animate it and throw it in the Clone Wars or Mm. give them a TV show. You know, you've got Mm. Disney Plus now, let's fill that story there. I think there's a lot to explore there. I just think that film was the wrong place for it. Absolutely. And we'll get back to that later on in the episode as well. We'll move on to episode nine. Yes or no? A steaming pile of dung. I hate Big it no. so much. I hate it so much. Uh, see, for me, it's a yes. But that seems <sighs> like... Why, may I ask? Yeah, I mean, I I um, I don't know exactly why, but I had to go with my guttural emotions mm. when I watched that movie the first time mm. when we all watched it together in the cinema. Yeah. And after everything, roll credits, I was like, damn. Mm. They... they they did it. And that was what my guttural emotion was. And so like not getting into anything when I watched it for the first time in the cinemas, I was like, I loved that. The, the reveal of, um, whether or not you feel that, um, Palpatine's existence is plausible, Mm -hmm. um, or even needed in the movie is one thing. Um, I liked that Ray, was related to someone that wasn't a Skywalker. Mm. Like I, I was sure that she was either going to be like, you know, Kylo Ren's sister somehow, or that would have been worse. It would have been worse because they kissed as well. It would have been the biggest repeat. It's happened before. I mean, it would have been in keeping with the rest. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Or, you know, or that she was Luke's um, or or something in that realm. It just seemed like it was very like, and, and so I thought that that was a, a good enough payoff. And mm. then, um, yeah, it made it made it like kind of fit. Yeah, I thought like it was a little bit like ham fisted. In subsequent watchings of the movie, right, I had to lend myself more to your opinion, which was not that it was a steaming pile of garbage as much, <laughs> but that you that the writing in it was at detriment to itself. Yes, JJ's yes. two middle fingers to Episode Eight really did a disservice to the movie because I always say things like the minute I sometimes if I see a really cool shot in the movie I'll be like oh I wonder how they did that and then I'm not watching the movie anymore mm-hmm. I'm I'm aware that I'm watching a movie yeah. and that happened in episode 9 because of the writing yeah. things like Luke's force ghost reaching out of the flames and grabbing the lightsaber before it goes in mm. was like oh, yeah damn like it it's yeah it didn't have the same resonance as yeah. I think he was hoping for. Or, or maybe it was his intention to just be like, nope, 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 yeah. nope, my, my thing was that that was my feeling watching it the first time. Mm. And I need to watch it again 
I definitely need to watch it again. I've only seen it once and I sat down, roll beginning credits and I instantly went, I hate this. That was just my gut reaction. And for the whole film, I was trying, I had like talked myself self into like, this is going to be great. Or at least like, it's going to be good. It gets a free pass because I love these characters, you know, like sure. As a conclusion, mate, could it ever really live up to any of our standards? 100% who knows? But I definitely was trying to be kind to it. And I sat down and instantly just went, this is awful. And so every moment of that, the two fingers to the previous film, that just that feeling intensified to the point where end credit rolls, end credits roll. And I'm just like, I hate this more than anything. And it makes me feel like I won't watch it again because mm. I, I disliked it so very, very much. My biggest problem with episode nine, I think the reason that I have so much animosity toward it is not necessarily about the quality of the film is that for me, not only does episode eight suffer, but The Force Awaken massively, massively suffers from episode nine. Because when you have a whole story, when you know a whole story, you look at, when you watch something that you love again, episode seven, it then becomes really hard to disassociate what happens to those characters in the future. Mm. And when you don't like the way that their stories end, it devalues the way that their stories begin. Mm. Should it? Probably not. I should be able to take Force Awakens and go, I love this and I can just have this. Um, But unfortunately, I've not been able to go back to either of the previous films out of just, I guess, I guess not so much. I I say I hate it. I don't. It's kind of apathy. I'm just like, ugh, I just don't care anymore. Like, I don't like that. I don't like the way it ended and now I don't care about any of it. And I just have no interest in going back. For me, I have a similar thing. Watching episode seven, I was like, oh, this is great. Awesome. New Star Wars. I'm going to love it. Episode 8 for me kind of ruined episode 7 for... I wasn't a huge fan of the Ray's parents being nothing thing. I didn't like Snoke as a character because there are so many amazing extended universe Jedis that they could pull from when they pulled this random out of thin air and gave them no story, but that's a whole other thing. Episode 9, I thought for me, kind of ruined... um, just certain aspects of, of characters they have in the Clone Wars. There's Ahsoka, there's Anakin, there's all of these incredible, incredibly strong with the Force characters. My One of my biggest complaints with it was, towards the end, having every member of the Force living in Rey. I was like, well, Old Republic days, the users of the Force were so much more powerful than they are in the canon movies. If you've ever played the old video games or anything like that, you know the Old Republic, when there were, like, thousands and thousands of Jedis mm. about, they were they were kicking ass. Mm. And um, it just kind of ruined, for me, the fact that, well, how come Yoda and, and Luke and everyone else wasn't exactly the same? Mm. And then when Palpatine just Force Lightning the whole everything, I was like, no, this is... That's not Star Wars. They've mm. now taken it out of the realistic... Like, I've grounded myself in the Star Wars universe, mm. and they've just taken me my myself out of the Star Wars universe and taken me to Palpatine's universe. Mm. And I'm like, that's not... Yeah. There's no character that's that powerful, and if there is, then everyone else should be. I don't yeah. think him surviving through that is unimaginable because he is very powerful consistently from beginning to end. Sure. But I think that last scene kind of, for me, took me out of the... I'm grounded in this fake universe to, oh, mm. this is like proper fake and they've just done whatever they Kind of feels like they broke the rules they made for themselves. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And, you know, the if there's no body, then you can't trust the death has always been a rule in Hollywood of anyway. Course. But that, that speaks to something going all the way back to episode six is that it kind of cheapens Darth Vader's redemption too. If yes. he didn't truly end that yeah. 
that threat. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole other discussion for another episode, surely. But, mm. um, yeah, it, it, it felt... Yeah. Yeah. The, the, it, I definitely want to go... I think maybe... It, I'm, I'm hoping that the opposite to what's happened to you happens to me in that in rewatching it, I'll be able to look at the moments that were kind of like built in a lab to give you the feels like he did in um, Force Awakens and just be able to be a little bit more forgiving to the, mm. to the bits that I don't like. Mm. Um, reminding myself of how my, how I do love episode eight, but I do find it flawed and that other people finding it flawed is valid um, instead of just feeling less need every time episode nine kind of craps all over episode eight to like jump to episode eight's defense. Mm. Um, I just feel like, I, th- I do think that my biggest disappointment is that episode nine is the thing that suffers the most from trying to erase episode eight. Mm. And that if you just didn't keep the film exactly the same, just don't do that. Mm. It's a better film. Mm. You know, you're taking time out of the film to undo the previous film. And if you just cut those bits out, then, you know, or even just soften the edges on those bits, mm. it just, it's, it's less in your face. It takes you out of the film less like you're saying. There's moments of like, oh, that's a reference to this. Mm. You know, and you start to think about filmmakers instead of characters and story. And I just don't want... I don't want to be taken out of it like that. I think as well for this... Especially the Star Wars universe, episodes eight, 7 to 9, they suffer from something that not many uh, movie series and franchises really get to suffer from. So it's almost a privilege, but the Star Wars fans are hugely dedicated. They've mm-hmm. got huge fan theories and legends and canon and books and comics and everything. They've got movies, they've got TV shows. And no one hates Star Wars like a Star Wars fan. Exactly. Yeah. So when you watch, mm-hmm. when you compare it to something like Star Trek, there's been heaps of Star Trek TV shows and movies and all of that. But And they've been pretty mediocre if, I mean, that's a whole other podcast, but... You don't get, you don't hear as many people what violently hating. <laughs> well, <laughs> see, look, you don't I'm, get people violently I'm, hating about Star Trek as much as you do Star Wars. Yes. I'm looking at a Captain America replica shield right now. Oh, and, that's good. Um, I think something that um, Star Wars suffers from that Marvel doesn't is yes, there's a massive extended universe, but they set themselves up in the MCU as this is its own thing, yeah. and this will deviate from the comics. Expect it, and therefore. You don't have to be a fan of the comics to be a fan of the MCU and vice versa. You can be, choose to be a fan of both. You can hate one and still love the other. Mm. Whereas I feel like because the films came first with Star Wars, the extended universe kind of ballooned out of that. And then a lot of that extended universe got kind of booted from canon, which I do think was a wise choice. Clear mm. up what you can do when you decide that you're going to do a whole bunch of new films, not just the three new saga films. Mm-hmm. All this animated stuff. We've got The Mandalorian. We've got... All this Disney Plus content coming, which is great. I do think it was a good choice, but then you have yourself, uh, well, I'm a Star Wars fan, and in my mind, that means everything. And therefore, every time you ignore part of it, it makes me angry. Mm. Well, you don't have that with Marvel, because every time the MCU ignores something in a comic, you're like, well, this is the MCU. Yeah, it's different. It's different. It's funny that you bring up Marvel, because my other two points in... Uh, Rise of the Skywalker that took me out of it were towards the end. Oh yeah, when Lando comes over the this intercom and yeah. says Portals. on your left. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and when Ray says I am Iron Man. 
Um, yes. It was like, and I know that they were put in, written oh, at the yeah. same time, yeah. in production at the same time. There's, It's no way it was a copy. No. However, it was so unfortunate that both were such yeah. cinematic moments and I saw Endgame first. And Endgame mm. was... I mean, by far and away better. Than I will fight you. Endgame was flawless. Trilogy. I will fight you. You don't need to. Like, <laughs> it was. To. I'm there. That they've just. I mean, that's several podcasts. That's a book. That's a novel. That is my TED talk. Um, but yeah, I just you're and you're completely right. If it feels like my instinct is, you see Endgame you change the end of your film. You go like, we're delaying it by three months. We're spending $20 million. We're changing the end of the film. Um, and I think what suffers even more is that they're both made by the same banner company. They're both yeah. Disney. If one was not Disney, you would be like, well, they had their, their deadlines. They had their budget. This is what they had. It's unfortunate, but oh well. But part of you goes... Didn't someone notice? Yeah, Wasn't someone saw both of them. Surely yeah. someone read both of those scripts and went, these are similar. And unfortunately, maybe it just suffered a little bit from the, this works, this is great kind of thing of like, someone just got really excited about both, not thinking that one will be great. And even if one is still great, it's not going to be as good. Mm. And unfortunately, I don't think that Star Wars version was great. I think no, they didn't bad. wear it better. They didn't I think wear it was it actually bad. <laughs> but even if it was great, it was never going to top Endgame. And so it would have suffered because of it. And I just made, I think that got lost somewhere. Absolutely. And so I think we're almost there anyway, but we'll get to our next topic, which is how we would change the, the last trilogy to make it mm. better in definitive terms. We both, we've all spoken about it and almost said it. Mm. Um, but do you guys have a pitch for what, for how the last three would go? If you could go and do a Ruben's cut or an Ethan's cut. Um, I think uh, The Force Awakens is not a perfect film, but I think it just did a good job. And there are people that don't like it, and that's fine. But I liked it. I would keep that. Um, part of my instinct is just hire a different director for episode nine. I guess the same could be said of just, like, get JJ to do all three. Mm. At least then they'd have some consistency. Um, but as we learned with Lost, he's the best at starting things, not finishing them. Yeah, I just, my instinct with all of JJ's stuff is his first film is always excellent in a franchise, and then everything after that is never quite as good. Um, so I kind of feel like stick to your guns, get three directors, let them have their vision with it, um, and just go with that, because my thing that I really want to change is episode nine. Um, would I change episode eight? Sure. I think I've already spoken at length about what I think is problematic with that film. But I also do like it, so I probably wouldn't change. Um, I, unlike Ethan, I really like the Ray is no one thing. Uh, I really like Luke, what they did with that character there. I know a lot of people have issues with that. I think it all makes sense to me. It all checks out. Um, I would just... And I don't dislike Finn and Rose as characters. I actually really like those characters. They were just not well served in that film. Mm. So either make what they're doing have a purpose, change it slightly and, and give it a point or just, you know, cut it out entirely. Look, we're used to these big blockbuster films running for two hours, but if they ran for 90 minutes, seriously, that would be amazing. Mm. Because even these films that you love, sometimes you sit there and be like, man, like this is it's dragging. for a long time. Like every mm. single film for the past 10 years feels like I, I it needs to be what's... 20 minutes shorter. It just, they all feel 20 minutes too long. So just cut that story Did out Avatar entirely. Did Avatar start that? It had to be before Avatar. 
Maybe. Avatar was very long. I watched that like four years after it came out, so I didn't get the whole CGI was amazing because at that point I had everything else CGI fully anyway. But mm. that was a very long movie. And yeah. and at the time in the cinema, you were just kind of amazed by the world that was created and you kind of just let it happen. But because yeah. it is not the cultural touchstone that everyone thought it was going to be, watching it back years later, you go, wow, this is a lot longer than it needs to be. Mm. And yeah. I wonder if that did or something else may have, but sparked the, the chain reaction of people being like, more is more. And you're right, it's not always. Yeah, but there's a lot, there's a lot of long films that are absolute stone-cold classics that are flawless that you shouldn't... No film is flawless, but that you absolutely should not touch. It's Think an game, apparently. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, there, are, there are just certain films that run for two and a half, three hours that are... Don't touch them. They're mm. perfect. Um, so it's not to say that, you know... That is the rule. A film has to be 90 minutes, but it does feel like, you know, it's the exception that proves the rule. Like, mm. like keep your films really tight. And I think they definitely improve in leaps mm. and bounds. So I would be quite happy with episode eight. Keep it the same. Cut out the written Finn and Rose And for episode line. nine? Oh, just completely redo uh, it's it. It's a mess. Yeah, uh, no, keep none of it. I would, I would start again, and I would completely redo it. Uh, keep Kylo Ren the bad guy. Yep. I, uh, I don't think Palpatine needs to come back. Let's make. To be honest, like I was quite excited. I think one of the things that I was hoping that they would do and was looking forward to was like make Kylo Ren the bad guy. Um, mm. Don't completely dispose of General Hux. A Donald Gleason is an incredible actor, and I thought that character was great. Um, and the antagonistic relationship between two bad guys was really interesting to me. Mm. Uh, so keep those characters and, you know, they're the bad guys. They've got conflict, which is great. And then Ray's got conflict with them and just develop, like, you don't need to like pose girlfriend and like, sure, Babu Frick's great. Keep that if you want. But there's so many extra characters and extra story things that were added in that you just don't need. You've created these awesome characters that miraculously we're invested in, Mm. which the likelihood of, uh, especially after a lot of people being burned by the prequel trilogies, that you would get invested in these new characters. Mm. You nailed it. We're there. You know, we love these characters. We love Finn. We love Poe. We love Rey. We love Kylo Ren. Why add anything more? Like, let's focus on their story and just tell their story. Mm. And that's why I'm fine with the disposal of Snoke. Great kind of like puppet master to get things moving along. But to me, the story was never about Snoke. No. You know, the the story is about those new characters. Let's just keep it with that. You don't need Palpatine, you don't need anything. Tell their story. That's what I'd do. I'd do something that you just said with the, you like the conflict between Hux and Kylo Ren delving into things that the I... The original odd couple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. Delving into um, parts of the Empire that we wouldn't normally see, whether they've been through Ahsoka or the book... Uh, through Ahsoka. The Clone Wars. Uh, or the books or whatever. Comics. I feel like there is a lot there. Because the Empire isn't a single-sided bad guy. It's a corrupt government like any other government in power today, except it's galactic and uh, is you know, ruled by a Sith Lord, but... And lightsabers and lasers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I think something there is... makes for a very interesting story that they could focus on a lot more. I agree with you there. For me, Seven, I think, keep the same as well. Um, 
8. Personally, I'm not a huge fan of Snoke. I think you could cut him out fully or give him a better story. There are lots mm. of lots of uh, stories that you can glean from legends or characters in the extended universe or just give him a unique something interesting because I think he was just there for it, a little it bit. It was but a I'd, bit bland. You could yeah. definitely and like level he, up Snoke. Being as powerful as he was, I think it disrespected other characters who could have risen to that power in a similar way but seeing later mm. on it was from palpatine he probably orchestrated that fair enough whatever could be anything could be something from the night sisters or it could have been whatever but get rid of any of the fluff really there was just a lot of fluff in the movies i think all three of them could have been put in two movies and you probably would have had just mm. an interesting, yeah, interesting. As story yeah so i think get rid of i actually didn't mind palpatine coming back i think that had a certain level of um of it makes sense to it, but there are also other characters like Maul, uh, not Maul, yeah, not Maul, no, um, Samuel Jackson's character, what's his name? Mace Windu. Mace Windu. If they're going to bring Palpatine back, there's no way Mace Windu died from just being knocked off a ledge. Bring him back as a distraught, angry, bitter Jedi that's, yeah, cool. you know, wants to mess things up. Or There are lots of mm. options. I understand sticking with the three characters, and I think that's probably would have been the smartest idea for yeah, well, the trilogy there. yeah because that's what it was about and they kind of made it about things that it didn't need to be about and they added mm. fluff and they added stuff and but yeah. so my question based partly based on what you just said to yep. jack is did because i i wonder if seeing mace window come back would just like really hit you in the feels like seeing the millennium falcon in Force Awakens, that moment was like, <gasps> you know, you get those shivers. Mm. And I, I wonder if Mace Windu could have done that mm. um, again, because legitimately I would be totally cool with him coming back based on the, you don't see a body, he ain't dead rule. And also, and it kind of works. cool. Even if you think about it, like he gets his hands cut off and thrown out the window, he then falls on, you know, there was what, like 87 lanes of traffic. Oh, he yeah. falls yep. on any one of those floating vehicles and gets taken off. Order 66 happens and he's not in... Yeah. He's with a severe He's dead, supposedly. But my question for you, Jack, is that... Maybe it comes up next trilogy. Maybe. Maybe. Did seeing Palpatine in episode nine get you in the feels the way that the Millennium Falcon did? No, and here's why I knew it was coming already. Yes. I think we kind of all did. Yeah, and I think... So, like... And it's like a, a villainous thing, too, where, like, they'd already set up the impending doom before the movie mm. whereas like you saw the falcon you knew it was in, definitely going to be a part of it yeah of force awakens but when they find it and turn it on and it starts running you're like oh damn yeah this is star wars yeah you know it's the same reason when like it's the poster child for galaxy's edge it's because it like it's one of the most uh, iconic images from star yeah. wars yeah absolutely mm. um but then, the, I, in my mind, I don't see any reason why Palpatine shouldn't have done that, even knowing that he was in there. Mm. His introduction in episode nine, if it was effective, should have been just as exciting. Mm. Um, not because necessarily he's a character that we love, but because he represents something that we love. Mm. And my response, like so many of my responses in that film when I saw Palpatine, was to roll my eyes. Mm. And that's not what I wanted from that film. I feel like if it was effective none of my what I wanted would have mattered because, oh my goodness, that's Palpatine. Mm. Shivers, you know, like... Yeah, I absolutely. Think for, I think for me as well, in the the last trilogy, there's a lot of... I was just thinking about it while you were talking. 
not that I wasn't listening, but I wasn't listening. Okay. Um, I'll allow it. And there were a lot of dead characters. They brought in Phasma, they threw out Phasma. They brought in Palpatine for that last episode, and it was kind of just like, cool, he dies at the end. Like, done. They bring in a lot of characters, even Hux. He doesn't mm. play a huge role in the last movie. Is he even in it? Yeah, he is. He's in it to die yeah. very quickly. So there's not there's a lot of characters, and then you've got Finn's girlfriend. You've even got Finn. He plays a good role in the first movie, I think, mm-hmm. and a decent role. Plays a mediocre role in the second movie. Yeah. In the third movie, I don't even remember. He was just like a side character. Yeah. But and then with the pilot, and great there's a character lot of, poorly served. Yeah, and there's a lot of characters that I'm like, that would be cool. Like I loved uh, what's his name, Poe Vandermeer, the pilot. I thought he was great. He was like a regular old Han Solo. Yeah. But it just had no reason to putting to put all those characters in there. If you flushed out a lot of the characters and focused in and fleshed out the stories that were available to you, even if Ray's a kid of Palpatine, then where's Palpatine's mum? That would be a crazy story. I mean, Palpatine's, Palpatine's wife, sorry. Palpatine's yeah, wife. Yeah. That would be a cool story. Like, you could have fleshed out the characters that they had in there. They yada yada a lot of it. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like that's the interesting stuff that I would want to see, not all of these extra characters that they throw in for the fact of, oh, look, exactly. this will make a good toy. Yeah. It's yeah. it's interesting. It's it's um, it's um, kind of like... We've, we've come from two angles. We both said that we'd be happy with uh, movies being 90 minutes. And we also said we'd love to see the backstory of Palpatine's <laughs> wife. So it's like, yeah, it is interesting. But I, but why confine yourself to a trilogy? Absolutely. If they're going to make billions of dollars each, like let's do, let's do six. Like the MCU has set the standard yeah. movies. 32 now are, movies or whatever it is. Yeah. They're basically the biggest budget TV shows. And yeah. people have time for that. Like people will go back to the cinema if you make characters that they love. Mm. So either keep it concise, use what you've got, finish it, or expand it to more than just one family, more than just forever. one story, and just keep going forever, which I would be very happy with. And I assume But that- we haven't heard your pitch, Jack. No, well I agree with things that Ethan said and uh and None disagree. of what I said. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Real talk, real quick, because we said about um, Finn being almost nothing in the last movie. The one mm. hook that he had was that he's like, Ray, I have to tell you something when they're yeah. falling into the thing. Is that that he was force sensitive? No, he's in love with her. Yeah. It's right? such a it's such a basic Hollywood nothing. Oh, it just because he never it's ends just, up saying it. There is an indication that he might be force sensitive, which is great. But I don't think that's well, what he, he is, wanted to he tell feels it. her. Well, yeah. <laughs> but everyone's <laughs> force know? sensitive because the force flows through oh, every yeah. living thing. So when you think about it that way. Oh, but that's another, that's a, more sensitive. Yeah. That's, a, that's another like really interesting story beat that um, if you were going to explore it, awesome, mention it. But if you're not, why mention it? It's just exactly. frustrating because it's just more unanswered nonsense. One of the points that was interesting to me that you said was about um, Kylo Ren and Hux really and really getting into the relationship of of them being like kind of jockeying for position at the head mm. of the political party. Mm-hmm. There was so much politics in Phantom Menace and, and like the trade federation. <laughs> but oh, I yeah. am sure there is a big red X on anything yeah. that isn't directly star Wars, but That's you fair. got, but you, you saw all I want is more of what we saw in the first two episodes, which was this, antagonistic relationship. I don't mm. need to see a political relationship. To mm. me, the politics are quite clear. One of them can use the force. The other can't. Mm. The one who can choke you from across the room gets to be the boss. He gets yeah. my butt. Right? <laughs> the end. And I don't need to see some political saga, but just keep those characters as you've got, you know, the new supreme leader, Kylo Ren, and his second in command, because that's who's the second in command is General Hux. 
clearly General Hux wants to be the boss. Mm. I think that's all you need. I don't think you need politicking. You just need an antagonistic relationship. Absolutely. That, you know, is more than three minutes and a death, you know. They do have a lot of politics fleshed out. Like, the Clone Wars TV show is about the Clone Wars. And there are four episodes set in the Trade Federation. What's the planet that they call? Wherever it is, the banks and... There's a lot of politics in that, so I understand why it's in an animated TV show and not in canon. Yeah, so, yeah. But the politics wasn't necessarily, like Ruben was saying, it's more about the, the relationship that they have and yeah. that struggle for power rather than what moves they would be making politically to gain that power. All you I need thought. is like some side-eye and some like passive-aggressive quips. That's enough for me. Mm. Like That's basically all it was. Mm. Um, and then, you know, this power struggle doesn't have to get all... 12 seasons of Game of Thrones or whatever. Like, you know, it's, it, it can just be that. Mm. Um, but I just, yeah, I liked that character, I guess. Maybe there is nothing to do with him. Um, maybe the choice was a good choice to get rid of him, but I like the character and I thought you've got this thing that you already have developed. That's the other thing is it's like, you've developed over two films, whether you like the way it's developed or not, you've got this done. The work is done for you. Make your life easier. Don't start from scratch and then try and develop reasons for us to care in episode nine. That should be done for you. Use what's there, even if you don't like it. Mm. And it's just more likely to be successful. But who knows? Absolutely. So what's your pitch then? My pitch? All right, buckle up. Okay. Um, Uh, I'm on on board. All right, cool. So episode seven um, is almost identical. You know, they they did well at reestablishing old characters and new characters. We've already discussed that. They did a good job. Episode 8, the biggest problem for me is that it seems like it is a huge chasm of just nothingness where a story should be for me. I feel like the cool parts about it are the, the chase in space. Very cool. It's like... And the fight scene with the red guys. Here is like this awesome... Like, you understand it immediately. Like, they're going through space and eventually they're going to get caught. So, how do they future-proof this this situation? I think instead... Like, I think Ray should go off and meet with Luke. And I don't think Luke should be so blasé with his whole, like, you know, lightsaber of the shoulder thing, not caring about it. I think it would have been so much better to see him be this aged man who had was full of regret mm. sure um but was an adult about it and was like mm. ray i'm going to level with you this is why i'm here right yeah. and then a huge dialogue ensues she explains to him and she shows him something he hasn't seen in a long time he agrees to start training her and that's what you see is mm. is this thing happening then meanwhile while that's happening the ships are like you know getting closer and closer together. Finn and Ray's, uh, sorry, Finn and Rose's little expedition is because in the attack, where even if Leia does get hit and put out into space, which I think that was one of my biggest problems with the whole thing too, is since when are people able to breathe in space and survive? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, the force. Yeah. Sometimes no, it's but- hard to just use that as a justification of being like, I don't. Like with the whole Palpatine thing at the end, like that's not enough for me. And, and I think a, that's valid. There is a specific like, character in Clone Wars Plo Koon whose race is known to be able to survive for like two minutes in space. So then just throwing in that Leia can survive in space, also. it's like, well, cool. 
yeah, just exactly. destroy the whole race of people. So I think like in that attack, maybe she doesn't get sucked out into space, but something happens. She does get injured. Sure. She's unconscious. Um, but they're all their communications are down and they realize that they need to contact Ray because mm. they need her help. And so the whole point is that Finn and Rose go down to that planet in attempts to just find a communication to get to Ray. Mm. Right. And that's what they're doing there. Mm. Um, and then that way their storylines coincide yeah. because they're trying to connect. Yeah, if they're summoning Ray, yes. then you put them together and then together as a band, they go and save the day. Exactly. You can even pull the, the Hodon maneuver, whatever it's called, mm-hmm. and cr- cast that diversion. They go down to the other planet. She rips a hole in that thing. That was a beautiful shot. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. The choice of silence, perfect. Fantastic. Um, again, that opens up a lot of questions as to why can't, like, why didn't one pilot just go straight through the center of the Death Star? Right, of course. But again, what I was saying before about this requires suspension of disbelief. If it's cool enough, you're invested in the characters, we can forgive a lot of that stuff. Exactly. All right. So if we move past that, um, they're, they're down on the base. Then the, you know, Kylo Ren's massive ship has just been torn into pieces. Mm. So they then abandon ship, take as many things as they can from that and also go down to that ship, that, that planet and build up their base basically right across the way, like they did at the end of the movie anyway, with the Mm. huge laser. Mm -hmm. That just takes longer because, when do they have this like, you know, big laser thing just on hand anyway? So I think like yeah. if they'd spent some time building that, building a base or whatever, yeah. and a little thing of operations there, and it was just like this, this battle of attrition as to mm. like, will we starve them out? Will we right. get through the door and make that like the crux, the the yeah. meat of the movie? So you're kind of almost going from it's almost like a film of two parts. You start it as a chase movie and you end it as a war movie. Yeah, yeah. And, and then that's almost... And I know, like, that then mirrors Hoth a lot. But I think but they so should what? have we just... We love those things. They should have tripled down with that. Mm. You know? So, you want to have that? Sure. So, Hoth's there. And then, if... if Even if that Finn does that suicide mission and Rose mm. stops him because they went through something together, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think the forced romantic connection doesn't need to happen. Mm. You know, that came out so left of field when she was just like, I'm going to kiss you. It was like, wait, what? It, it was... As in, sorry, which characters are we talking about? Rose and Finn. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's like that trilogy is just focused on people kissing when they shouldn't. <laughs> right? It's the whole Star Wars yeah. story right there. Uh, Perfect. Yeah, it right. sums up the Star Wars story. Um, so then I think, even if that happens, whatever, you can have that. But it should have been a much bigger thing in the next movie where Finn was really upset at her for A, stopping his one chance at destroying all of them at mm, once by mm-hmm. blowing up the laser and B doing it because for some reason she has emotions for him that weren't felt at all. Yeah. You know, that could have been a big thing. Yeah. Mm. Adds complexity to the relationship. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Adds a reason for them to be in that trilogy. Exactly. Yeah. And then, so then um, Ray comes back and Luke doesn't go with it. It's like, I can't go back. It's not my time. She goes back and she goes to fight Ren. Mm-hmm. But Ren Absolutely, because she's not she's not fully trained, nope. right? So he wipes the floor with her. Mm-hmm. She even maybe loses a limb, mm-hmm. right? Because she doesn't really go through a hero's journey at all. She has no overly like arcing big yeah. thing that she has to do. That then she comes I out need the to other know side. Who of. I am and find out who my parents. That's her whole right? and only motivation. Mm. And I know again that's repeating what we've seen before. Yeah. But triple down, could triple down on. Give that. her a reason to fight for the rebellion because she also, isn't ever really given one other than those are the first people that are nice to her. Yeah, it's true. The other thing too is I felt because episode nine was so rushed, the whole thing about her maybe turning to the dark side was just like no, she's not. 
Like, yeah. it really didn't seem like this is a thing that could happen. So, she's beaten, tattered. Kylo Ren leaves her for dead on the floor and just heads towards the base where mm. Leia is lying unconscious. And he's like, I should have killed her the first time. I hesitated and didn't. I'm going to make this right. I'm yeah. going to do it. We get to see that conflict then with him. Exactly. That was there with his dad. Exactly. That was there with that moment when he realizes he's shot her into space. Exactly. And then so you think like, okay, he's then about to go off and make the the big thing of killing his mother and fully getting to the dark side. And then Ray gets up and she's filled with this white hot rage that she's never really experienced mm. before. She's infuriated that she just lost to Kylo Ren. And then she's taken in front of Snoke. And mm. she kills Snoke. Then we get to really see her tap into the dark side. Exactly. And so mm. she's made that decision. Boom, she's, she's killed someone, even someone unarmed, perhaps, mm. which we all know is not the Jedi way. So mm. then she's making that step too, like what is happening? Mm. Perhaps she could go to the dark side. So then um, she's then senses that Ray is, uh, that sorry, that Leia is in danger. Mm. And she's like, I've failed. Then she's mm. got that big sense of failure because she knows that Ren's about to kill Leia and there's nothing she can do to stop it. She's physically too far away. Mm. That's when Luke shows up as his little yeah. thing. You can still have that. The Force Ghost kind of. I think that was such a cool level up. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about him dying because of it. I don't necessarily think that's necessary, mm. but I wouldn't take that moment away. That was no. a great moment. So then you have that still. You mm. still have that. Boom. And then by that point, um, Ray realizes it's all a diversion. She gets the Falcon. They still take off. But mm-hmm. there's still, at this point in my version, at least half an hour to go. Right, so that's all mm. happening in the first hour and a bit of the movie. So the chase film is the first act. Yes. So, I, th- I think that's so all it should have been. This second bit is the, the second act. Yeah. And right. so this is leading into what Ethan was saying, that episode eight and nine almost could have been one movie. Yeah. So then the first bit of episode nine happens at the end of episode eight. Leia's there and she's like, there's this, this forest planet that not many people know about. Let's go there and we'll regroup. Mm. So they go there. Then... Leia explains to Ray, hey, I'm going to help you finish your training. We see that start at the end. You know, then it's like the Luke and Yoda thing. He's finishing up his training. That way we get to see her finishing up her training at the, at the start of episode nine. Mm. And then Ren again, he's failed. And he's like, that's it. I've got to do something. I've got to finally do this because I've just been bested again. And at that point, the transmission from Palpatine comes over the radio. The... Mm. Ray and all her lot hear it. Ren hears it. Don't put it in Fortnite where only 14-year-olds are going to hear it. Mm. Like, that was such a mad disrespect to anyone yeah. in the world who didn't play Fortnite that yeah. they didn't get to experience that. Put that in the movie. Wait, what's yeah. this? In the- lobbies in Fortnite, there were game modes where Palpatine's transmission that was supposedly, you know, him over the radio that they talk about in episode nine, mm. that happened in Fortnite. Yeah, it was in the news. I didn't play Fortnite, nor was I interested in Star Wars at that point as far as the movies went. So I had no idea that even happened. Exactly. So it's a disservice to itself. Mm. Put that in the movie. But also to your fans who are now in their 50s and 60s who are still just as invested. I suppose it just goes to show where the demographic was. What they were pointed at was the like 8 to 16... Yeah, it's all marketing Probably 8 to 14 year olds that are playing Fortnite. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm not about that. Yeah, no. sorry. You can throw your marketing in the bin. So you put it in the movie. If that's mm. what you want people to see, you make movies for the people that are watching your movies. Yeah. yeah. Eight-year-olds 
don't buy movie tickets. No, they're yeah, parents do. I mean, I know they can force their parents to. That's a whole different discussion. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then so so then that's the setup at the end of episode eight is Palpatine's back and Ren is like, that's it, I'm going after him. And then yeah. so that's the start. Then you can almost pick up where nine starts but like 20 minutes further on. And then that way you can yeah. have time in the middle to make everything feel right. Yeah. yeah. And then like, again, I didn't have much of a problem with nine, but it just leaves the spacing and then a, a proper mm. end to happen. You'd mm. also be able to flesh out the Knights of Ren, which are another group of people that I think just kind of rocked up. And you could spend the extra away. 20 minutes on yeah. the Knights of Ren if you wanted to. I do like the idea of, um, of if we're going to make a Sith boy band, <laughs> Sure. I do. If we're going to make Palpatine, like, he survived. We know how powerful he is. He's this big, powerful dude. I do like the idea of him being attacked from two different sides. Our, like, good guys and our bad guys. It gives everyone a little bit more complexity. Mm. And it weakens him. It weakens him. Why does anyone need to team up with Palpatine? They don't need to team up with each other. They've both... Their goals happen to coincide, but they've got very, very, very different, vastly different motivations. I think that is a really interesting story. And then if Ren was to just go... And, you know, the talk that, that he does, that Palpatine does, where he says, strike me down mm. and you will take me on. Mm. If Ren just did that, like, he's like, absolutely no problem. Bam. Yeah. Now I'm the strongest being yeah. in the galaxy. Now I definitely am the supreme leader. Mm. Don't even finish him off mm. in the in this thing, in this saga. Do you then do another trilogy? Do you do another film or do you leave it there? Is that your happy ending? Is that like... There he is. I mean, it's not a happy ending. I know. It, yes. You know what I mean? But it's, it's a but it's a better ending. It's a good finish to a trilogy. Oh, I love films that don't a trilogy, have a happy ending, But yeah. Well, yeah. I think is that your finish? Is that, that's what I'm That's asking. what I would... That's what I think maybe I would leave the thing. You know, Ren does that. And then he's just so obsessed that he, like, with his newfound power, he could even destroy the whole fleet himself and be like, I don't need this. Mm. That's not what this is about for me. So then the whole, like... You know, Lando and and Poe and mm. all of those guys are just like, oh, we don't have to do anything. Mm. And it would leave everyone in this weird gray space. So maybe you do make another movie. I think the cool thing about a weird gray space, though, is that if you don't have to make another film. It lets us decide what happens, which mm. is always great. Um, That's the classic, uh, like, romanticism of books, is that you get yeah. to decide kind of a certain measure of what happens, no matter how descriptive a book is. Yeah, totally. But also, it gives um, comic book designers, and like, like, comic book writers and video game designers and animators and novelists and everyone who's contributing to the extended universe, whether it's whether in canon or out of canon, so much to play with. Absolutely. And then... If you want, in five years, do another three films. You don't have to, though. It leaves you space to move. Whereas I feel like, freedom. I guess, do you think they're going to do more films? It feels like they're yeah, going to. They and are. I feel like... No, they I, 100% are. I and feel like they need to, and but I'm not interested in them. No. You know. but there's I a want whole films reason. in the old Republic. Like, give me something different. I don't yeah. want another Skywalker Palpatine thing. I have fatigue from these three films. I think they've. it's been such a roller coaster of... of Great joy mediocre. and disappointment mm. that I'm just I struggle to want to have any desire to invest in these characters again. Mm. That you know? was I really really liked that story. But what is your like favorite from what there already is? What is your favorite canon that they have in Star Wars so far? Um, As in, are you talking about like 
original trilogy prequel trilogy yeah or, or favorite movie like or favorite movie saga or just like favorite property yeah my favorite portion of star wars if i could use the phrase is mm. probably nice. return of the jedi there mm. is something so awesome about that and i think it's because i mean i remember when i was watching rogue one at the start i was like they are not going to make a star wars movie that i actually want to watch ever they're mm-hmm. just not going to do it anymore because there's always a story they want to tell. And what I want to watch is the lightsaber fight from Revenge of the Sith. Mm. Like that level of action because it's Star Wars and mm. you never see just these epic moments often enough. You don't see them often. Right. Yeah. And so... Which is why you need to watch the anime. I'm sorry. Anyway. Sure, absolutely. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Convince me. I'm all ears. Yeah. But the thing is like... Um, Return of the Jedi has that. It has the barge. It has the Sarlacc pit. It -hmm. has Luke jumping off the board, springing back up, R2 shooting the lightsaber, him kicking ass for like five minutes. Yeah. Them killing, like, you know, Leia killing Jabba. Like, all of this. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it goes on. They have the Endor fight. You know, like, regardless of your thoughts on Ewoks, they destroy some ATSTs. Yeah. They... They like that. The the forest speeders are the coolest thing. Yeah, that's mm. true. Yeah, you know that whole scene is awesome. Mm. Luke deliberately turning himself in. You know. Yeah. That that scene where Darth Vader is just talking to him in the transport, and he turns mm. on the lightsaber, and they have the discussion about it. Mm. Then the the intensity in Palpatine talking to Luke, mm. while he can see his friends dying through the window in space. Yeah. That is amazing. And so it's yeah. probably my favorite film and piece of, you know, yeah. Star Wars. Probably. I think without that foundation, you just don't get any of the rest of it. No. Mm. Um, credit where credit's due. The original trilogy made an entire, one of the biggest franchises yeah. in, in history. It's undeniably the best for a reason. Cause it just, it is. Mm. And I think what I said before about the, like that casting, the charisma and the, just the mm. pure star quality, as well as the talent of like those three characters is, yeah, undeniable and um, could carry almost any film. Um, but I feel like, yeah, I, f- I feel like it was just like, it was lightning in a bottle. It was just absolute gold that mm-hmm. was, that you just, just hasn't been recaptured for as much as my love of certain extended universe stuff. It just, yeah, mm. that's it. That's the, the stuff. That's mm. it. What about you, Ethan? What's your favorite? For me, I'm I'm quite torn between... Because I didn't grow up with the original trilogy as much. I watched the original trilogy when the prequels were out. And I think mm-hmm. I watched episode two before. Like, I watched them all in a mixed up order. And I already knew the big reveal with, you know, Luke being Darth Vader's kid. And so the original... <laughs> Sorry, spo- Spoiler. spoilers. Yeah. Um, so I think as much as I, you know, obviously credit where credit's due, it's, it's a fantastic... Those are fantastic films. And they created a whole you know, childhood for a lot of people. Um, for me, I grew up watching In School Holidays, The Clone Wars, and then more recently Rebels. Um, so for me, it's quite I'm quite torn between those two. I think Rebels is the most, I think it's besides the latest season of Clone Wars, it's the newest, one of the newest pieces of canon. Well, I mean, there's a couple other TV shows, but they're rubbish. Um, it's the best... Uh, it's new, it's good, and it has a very open end. The finish of Rebels leaves way for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I think I have to go with 
Rebels as much as Ahsoka's my favourite character because it just has the most... It's got all of the good things. I think... Spoilers for Rebels, anyone? Kind of, I won't spoil them for you. Uh, but it has some I of have the... to edit this, and I'm also <laughs> hearing it now. So how are you going to say this? It has one of the best uh, mixes between the original trilogy and the current modern Star Wars in the mixture of fighting styles and see like it's all animated but they make everything flow naturally because it's set between three and four or four and five um i don't specifically remember which ones but it's set between the old and the new and they meld it all together just exceptionally well where it it's entertaining and it is made for kids but it's still entertaining for adults and it mixes everything together so respectfully and they have such excellent uh, pieces with old characters and new characters and everything. So I think Rebels, for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Rubes? I'm, I'm pretty torn. I feel like I definitely need to revisit a couple of things. I, I, I'm pretty keen to revisit the original trilogy. I do think that's just where it is. Mm. Um, I have to give props to Clone Wars, though, um, for two really, really important reasons. One... I don't watch animated anything. I can't, I just don't, I can't get invested in animated characters. I've, ever since I was a little kid, I'm just not into it. Mm. Um, I find Disney films difficult. Like, obviously The Lion King is incredible. Yes, I've watched it a bunch of times as a little kid. Um, But it's just, live action is just my thing. I just really, I struggle with animation and I have zero struggle with Clone Wars. I find it incredibly captivating i'm invested in all the characters and the fact that an animated series has done that for me i think is pretty remarkable the other reason that i feel like clone wars needs mad props is just it's incredible in the way that it rehabilitates the character of anakin skywalker absolutely um you i was able to watch episode three um and not want to gouge my eyes out with my fingernails um you just have all of a sudden this Anakin is given so much complexity and just motivation, just like reason for everything that he does. Um, It just, it's not just about it bridging the gap between episode two and three. It's about taking this character that ruined Darth Vader, one of, one of arguably the best cinema bad guy ever Mm. and just kind of made him into a whinging little brat. And it, totally rehabilitates that character and it makes you have actual affection even for Hayden Christensen's not his performance but you know you don't just look at Hayden Christensen and go anymore you kind of go like I actually like the character of Anakin for the Mm. first time ever and that took a lot of work and they were able to do it really really easily you get to see this really great nuanced kind of struggle with the dark side and the light side that just did not exist in the saga films um you it's not just about it's it's not just about time it's not just about what happens to anakin it's about the way that the character of anakin is portrayed um it it's it's it wasn't ever i don't think a problem of just like oh he just needed another film so you could see more that wasn't it Uh, the character was just poorly executed Mm. and um clone wars nails it absolutely nails it so i think the other thing clone wars does is 
obviously it's the Clone Wars, it gives so much personality and feeling to certain clones. Mm. Like, knowing that Commander Cody betrayed Obi-Wan in Episode 3, after watching the Clone Wars, you're like, bro, how could you? Like, you're Commander Cody. Because you see all of these, you know, episodes where he's such a loyal and good uh, second-in-command to Obi-Wan's, like, the rest of Obi-Wan's clone troops. And so you kind of... friend. Yeah, and then Mm. same with Rex, and, and you get to see different... Um, ones as well, Wolf and Gregor, and and you just it it really brings the clones to life in the clone army rather than just making them standard soldiers that are wars. Mm. So then, when you take the original trilogy, the you know largely despised original trilogy, which I was really excited for a new trilogy because I could pretend that that was my era of Star Wars. But let's be honest, the original trilogy was being released when I was in my early teens. Mm. That's my trilogy. Wow, you're old. Shut up. Um, (laughs) That's, you know, like, as much as I wish it wasn't, that is my trilogy. And Mm. so to be able to have something that not only, um, like I said, rehabilitates, but also, like, makes me actually want to revisit those films and makes me view those films in a a different light and and in a much... Just, yeah. I I just... Um, much You were saying original trilogy, you meant prequels, right? Prequels, sorry. I meant prequel trilogy. The that prequel makes more trilogy. sense. Yes. You no. said largely Did, despised didn't think you were your teens then I was like... No, no, no. <laughs> I meant prequel. Definitely prequel was what yeah. was in my head. No. Um, so yeah, the, that prequel trilogy is just, I feel like, rehabilitated by the Clone Wars. And maybe, hopefully, they can do something similar with this new trilogy. Certainly, bridge the gap between episodes eight and nine. Even flesh out what's happening during episode nine it would be wonderful. Um, I'd be on board for that so that then I could revisit episode nine with a whole bunch of extra background, a whole bunch more affection for those characters and actually enjoy it. I think if uh, an animated series, again, don't love animation, can make me have any level of affection for the original trilogy, especially episode three, uh, I think that's pretty fantastic achievement. The prequel trilogy. The prequel trilogy. (laughs) (laughs) It's because it's first. Yes. Why is nothing in order? I don't know. Even Clone Wars, the whole thing is out of chronological order. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Well, while we're talking about favorite things, um, one of the other things we mentioned we talk about is our favorite Star Wars experience and the extended, you know, everything that our actual physical world entails now. Um, Mm. Like, Star Wars, everyone kind of has a story, whether it's, like, you know, meeting someone that's from, you know, one of the actors, one of the directors, the writers, etc., or just meeting someone at a party and and jamming about Star Wars, mm-hmm. you know? Um, for me, it probably was going to Disney in Florida. Mm-hmm. Not, like, not Galaxy's Edge, not, like, the new stuff, but when I was 12, so a decade ago... Mm-hmm. Um, um we went and they had big the big atats they had the hoth base they had one of the floating speeders from endor in amongst a forest you could jump on take a photo with they had like a whole shop built out of you know one of the tatooine like the skywalker ranch Mm. looking buildings and like because of that like it was so enveloping. Maybe I was, I was quite a bit younger too. So everything was big and it was yeah. like, wow. And the imagination of a kid too, you're like, did they really film here? Like, is this the set? Yeah. yeah. You know, that kind of thing. And then not to the extent they have now of building your own lightsabers, which I believe is a pretty extensive and albeit expensive, um, 
you know process but is, is every star wars is um, is dream. amazing yeah it's more of like a guided tour to like what you're like picking your kyber crystal <sighs> more than just like you know putting pieces of plastic together but when i was there they had a very rudimentary version of that mm. it was kind of like a builder bear for a lightsaber yeah and like that was awesome i remember walking yeah. out of that holding this thing being like I forged this, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so, like, that experience... I think Disney as a whole does such a great job in their parks of creating a world for you to just mm. inhabit. They do mm. great with their facade set buildings in every mm. single one of their parks, which they don't need hats off from me. But, like, I think that is my my biggest yeah. favourite Star Wars experience was literally experiencing mm. Star Wars. You yeah, know? that's so mm. cool. Um, as a bit of a side point, I declined to go to Disney in when I went to Los Angeles. I was not interested and I refused to go and my brother and our friend went and I went and spent the day in a shopping mall uh, reading a book in Borders. Regrets? Question none, mark? Absolutely none. But that was before Galaxy's Edge. Mm. Or Skywalker. Um, and again, Edge. like, Disney has never been my thing. Um, so, and it just felt like an expensive, irritating proposition. But now with Galaxy's Edge, like, looking at all of the marketing for that, yeah, man. Like, sign me up. Take Absolutely. my money. So... Maybe next time. Yeah. I think for me... Actually, you haven't gone, Ruby. You go first. Well... Because you might cover mine. And then maybe. It. Kind of two things. Um, we went and saw um, A New Hope, um, scored live by an orchestra. Um, and we went with a group. I know my brother had a bad experience because of the person sitting behind him who was unconscionable the worst kind of person the worst kind of person but i was down far enough that that didn't bother me and um there you know there's something about live music and the moment that opening crawl starts and there's a full orchestra there mm. just like you know how the opening crawl when you went and saw force awakens was like this is it it's happening this is star wars oh my goodness that live especially with the original film um just was kind of mind-blowing um and also just like this is a very specific thing that you're paying for. Mm. And you know that everyone in that audience is like a nerd, a Star Wars fan, just like you. You feel like you're with your people. Um, it's That was a pretty cool experience, which leads me to, I think, probably my actual favorite thing, which was just opening night, midnight screening of Force Awakens. Mm. Um, it was the first one I'd ever seen in theaters. Me too. I'd never Same. seen never seen one in theaters. It's 12.01. Um, I, these days, refuse to go to midnight screenings of anything because I'm old and just sleep. Except for... Well, I'd never had an issue. I didn't... Did I go to Endgame at 12.01? Yep. Did I? That doesn't surprise me. Pretty sure everyone fell asleep at that screening except for myself. Right. Um, but... Force Awakens, I had no issues with feeling sleepy at any moment. I was Mm. so excited. But also, it was like... That I've the cinema that is close to your house, Jack, the one that we go to, mm. um, is it's quite large and there's quite a large kind of lobby area. And at 1201, it's in a big kind of shopping mall and everything's closed. And you walk in and you are just like packed with nerds and people in cosplay and just that vibe. Um, we're in a big concert hall for um, the Star Wars in concert. Um, and it was great, but in a, in a big space that is like properly packed, like sardines of people who were just like so jazzed to be there, really, really excited. And 
I don't know how many sessions there were that night, but they were like back to back. And as we were leaving, people were going in to mm. sessions at like two o'clock in the morning. Um, that just, that vibe. And because I feel like my initial impression with that film, again, still like it, um, was just like, this is Star Wars. It, yeah, that was a pretty, pretty great experience. For me, I think that was the same because rocking up and seeing everyone in their cosplay and because I also went to the live orchestra, mm. um, but I was not the brother that he was mentioning, but I was sitting behind the infuriating person there commentating the entire thing. You were directly in front. He was the the seat behind That's, you. Yeah. Or, so yeah. it was very, very frustrating. So that kind of killed the vibe a little bit. But going opening night to see Force Awakens, I think the fact... And even with the the orchestra, everyone had seen that movie before. Mm. Everyone was there was a fan. And so they're excited for the orchestra, not necessarily the movie. Whereas going to see Force Awakens, everyone was pumped because it was new and it was exciting. And they didn't know whether it was going to be amazing or rubbish. But everyone was there and everyone was there for it. Like, they were just keen. So I think that had the best, like, buzz and just overall cool feeling of being there. Um, I think in hindsight, you can feel however you want to feel about Force Awakens, but in the moment, it felt like it really delivered. And one thing that I will say about going to the orchestra is that the film did suffer for the music. The score is so iconic. It's so excellent. Um, It was amazing, but you couldn't really hear the dialogue, which doesn't matter when you're as familiar with the film as most people who would pay to see an orchestra score the film live are. But yeah, it's not the same experience. Um, you it is kind of two separate things. So yeah, there was kind of any iconic theme. The first time you hear it live with an orchestra is a pretty awesome feeling. But yeah, nothing like the whole overall experience of opening night Force Awakens. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, I, I agree. To move on to the next segment. Don't have a good segue, so I'll just move straight into it. You want to let Jack um, do that, or you want to just like... No, I didn't have one. You go pointed a it. big arrow on it on the whiteboard, so I figured let's just go. <laughs> I, I needed you to get through that segue in under 12 parsecs. You're like, I'll do it in one. <laughs> I'm just going straight to the point. This is a segue. <laughs> Welcome to Segways by Ethan Trinkini. Uh, rumoured for new Star Wars, Mandalorian Season 2 has finished filming before the coronavirus. Mm. So it's still to come out. It's not delayed. Yeah. Disney has announced that anything that had finished photography um, is not being delayed, except for obviously um, big old films that they need to make, you know, a billion dollars on. For instance, um, Black Widow. Black Widow. Mm. But anything that was intended for Disney Plus that finished photography, they're releasing on schedule. Interesting. Mm. And so they don't need to do any reshoots. Yes. Yes, indeed. So it's rumoured, uh, going straight into The Mandalorian, that's the one that I have the most news about, is rumoured that Sabine Wren is going to be in it from Rebels. For Bo-Katan from Clone Wars, played by... Katie Sackhoff. Who was the who voice actor for Bo-Katan in yeah. the movies. Uh, Starbuck from Battlestar Galactica. Very good casting. Captain Rex, who is also being played by the same character that plays Boba Fett in the original trilogy, because that's the, he's a clone and that's what they're based off. Uh, and then there are a couple other, well, obviously, Ahsoka sorry, Tano, Rosario I, Dawson. Yes, can I interrupt you? Are they, are they actually saying that Rex is coming back? Because I heard that it was Boba Fett that was in The Mandalorian. Rumored Rex as well. Well, like I said, okay, these are fat rumor None warning. of that has been confirmed. Rumor warning. Yes. So, Strong rumours. Yeah. And then there are also a couple of characters who I've actually never heard of that are also rumoured to be in there. Shriv, 
Iden Versio and Darth Crate. So I'm pulling in some expanded universe as well, maybe. Yes. Mm. So I'm not sure if casting has been announced for them or if that is just rumors from people Darth being Crate. like, oh. Cousin of Con? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's his first name. Darth is just a title. <laughs> That'd be awesome. You just made a joke that a my dad would definitely make. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that's, that's really exciting. Um, the casting of Ahsoka is, I think, really good. I'm excited about... I think Rosario Dawson is a really good casting. Um, Katie Sackhoff, I'm excited for. Boba Fett, I don't, I don't know. It can be a slightly divisive character. People love him. People hate him. Um, I'm, I don't, I'm fairly ambivalent. I just don't think he made that much of an impact. Looks cool, but I think that's about as far as it goes. So maybe a development on that character is what that character needs. Could be really cool. Yeah. It could, it could serve it really well. Um, Dave Filoni, who's in charge of, um, Clone Wars and Rebels and, um, in part the Mandalorian, uh, has sort of said in interviews that, He's beginning to fuse that, use the kind of the Mandalorian to start bringing elements of the animated world into live action and start to really blend those together to create a more cohesive expanded universe outside of the um, the films, the saga films. So that's a really exciting prospect. Um, I mean, the Mandalorian is a whole other kind of subject to tackle, but um, yeah, I'm excited to see what they do with season two with these characters and and whether or not that means that they prominently feature or whether we're looking at some live action spin-offs with some of these um animated favorites i'd be up for that too but yeah time will tell august i think it was october October maybe october for mandalorian season two rumors on rumors supposedly ahsoka tano's uh addition to the mandalorian is possibly to start her own spin-off series which um would also be why they are adding sabine wren because the last canon um, known location of Sabine Wren was with Ahsoka Tano. Yep. All seems to match up. Mm. There you go. Lots of stuff to look forward to in the Mm -hmm. coming months. Very exciting stuff. I'm sure we'll report on those more when things become clearer. And, um, yeah, looking for things to look forward to for us. Next episode, we're going to talk about uh, Jedi Fallen Order Mm -hmm. and a bunch of other video games, Star Wars video games as well. So Yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah, I have to... some research to do for this episode yeah. like playing a bunch of video games. I might uh, jump back onto Battlefront. Mm, mm. Exciting. Anyway, look forward to that. It'll be in episode two of What Are You Talking About? Thank you guys for both joining me, Ruben and Ethan. I was the host, Jack. And thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks for, for listening. Us. <laughs>